so then uh, in the next scene, uh, Kurt's dad has a heart attack. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode The podcast which reviews very special episodes of TV Even the sacrilicious ones <laughs> Genuflecting in song, I am your host, Austin Gorton, and joining me this week, thinking God is like a genie, is... David Bitzenhofer. I, I saw God in my beer, but then I just drank it. Like, I didn't I didn't even really think about it. I wasn't conflicted at all. I'm like, it has to be drank. That's how you have the Lord within you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I think I've gained the Lord's powers. There you go. And willing to eat a grilled cheese, regardless of what deity may be appearing in it, is... <laughs> Yo, that's sea money, Carolyn Maine. Yeah, that could have been me too, though. I, not to it really could have. <laughs> We're all hungry yeah. for the Lord. <laughs> for grilled cheese, actually. Yes. And finally, we welcome back a very special guest, his eminence. <laughs> Kyle McCormick, hungry for the Lord and grilled cheese as well. <laughs> welcome back, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Once Thank more, you, you were for having me. You were on our uh, community episode, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, that's right. Uh, is that mixology? Yes. Sort of right. Well, you've become our our uh, TV of the O's expert, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our go-to Paramount Lot Productions yeah. Yeah. Uh, comedies from uh, the early 2010s. Because this week we are reviewing Glee season two, episode three, Grilled Cheeses, in which. Dopey Finn sees a vision of Jesus in his grilled cheese. <laughs> Kurt's dad has a heart attack and suffers an episode-long coma, and all the Glee kids sing about church and God and junk, much to the dismay, as always, of Sue. Uh, so we, uh, I decided to do this episode as a little, uh, well, not particularly this episode, but decided to finally get around to Glee as a uh, as a hat tip to Meg C, one of our, our longtime listeners from Saved by the Bell reviewed days. Maxie. Who, who live tweets our episodes every week. And uh, we made her suffer through a, a two hour long Avengers Infinity War episode. <laughs> she it, did it. That, that she actually listened to and live tweeted along the way. So in wow. in thanks for that, Maxie. <laughs> this one's for you. Cheers. She also listened to our Star Wars holiday special and our Star yeah. Wars Star Wars episode. <laughs> Yeah, we've really put her through hell, so she we kind of figured. Yeah. I kind of figured we should throw her the glee bone. Well, here. to be fair, we had to uh, watch the Star Wars holiday special, which was our own <laughs> personal hell. So that is true. That I'm is the true. only one who had a good time on that. <laughs> Everyone suffered on that one, except for Carolyn. <laughs> Your suffering was delicious. I don't know how it works. I just run that way. 
Uh, so as usual, we'll go around the room and talk about our uh, relationship with this particular show. I suppose, David, let's start with you. Oh, me. Um, I loved the pilot of this show. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it and, you know, it's a, I, I, it was like it was funny and I kind of liked it and it was a little out there. But, you know, it was a musical and I, and I was like, ah, I'm really digging this. And then I started I kept watching it and it just it got too zany for me and I think there was other stuff this was at a time when I couldn't DVR everything I wanted and like other stuff was getting in the way and I'm like I can't like I think it was near the end of season one and I don't think I made it to this episode because it didn't seem familiar and it just got too zany and I guess a show can be zany if it wants to but then it also wants to get the emotional stuff in there too and like that was too incongruous for me that I could never quite latch on to this show because it's like you want your cake and eat it too. You want to just do whatever you want and have crazy stuff happen, but then you want me to take you seriously too at some points. And I could never square that circle, so I kind of dropped off pretty early <laughs> on. Uh, Carolyn, how about you? Let's see. Uh, when this came out, which was the early aughts, Kyle's power zone, as we say. Um, <laughs> I was a little too cool to be watching Glee, but I think I was dating someone who was reviewing it for the alt-weekly. So I did actually end up catching some of Grilled Cheeses at the time, just because I was watching it with a dude. Um, And this is pretty good. I think this is the only one I've seen. I watched it again, and it's probably (laughs) still pretty good. We'll get there. Um, I do know that there is what I was calling in our email thread uh, a BJ very special episode of Glee. (laughs) Which I was like, are we going to do it for me? And Austin was like, no, this is for Meg C. We're probably just going to do a good episode. So the PJ <laughs> one I was referring to was all Billy Joel. So we didn't do that, but... Still yeah, but you got a little say. bit of BJ in there. You got a little BJ, you know. Foreshadowing, right? And David was, like, honestly <laughs> thinking that it was... That I thought that there was a blowjob episode <laughs> of Glee. Well, no, I'm referring to a Billy very Joel. special blowjob episode <laughs> well, of Glee. Well, okay, I, I didn't think it'd that. be a very special one. But this is the type of show I could see that would be a focused on, like, oral sex. Like, have just an episode that's, like... Somebody wants it and isn't getting it, and they're, they're struggling with that. And, I'm know. just picturing an episode beginning with Mr. Shoes like, all right, class, our theme week this week is oral sex. That would be a good episode, right? It's, and it's not that hard. Like, you only kind of have to squint a little bit to imagine that that would be a thing that they would do. Yeah, well, if somebody, our listeners at home are bored, please make me an oral sex theme lineup for a musical <laughs> episode that maybe we'll do for you. Well, yeah, pick, pick like five songs that we could cover that, that are oral sex related. Definitely. I did once make a playlist that I called My Favorite Pastime and it was just all <laughs> masturbation themed songs. <laughs> you owned yourself, David. I did, I did. I owe myself frequently, but yeah. <laughs> That's your favorite pastime. Yeah, there's like dancing <laughs> with myself yourself. in there and yeah, right. there's a little dance. Blister in the Sun. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think Austin heard it. Did <laughs> you play oh, him in your yeah, masturbation no. mix? Is that? Well, it's I'm, not pre- like I'm pretty it. sure you just. It was. It was obviously <laughs> I was kind of being tongue in cheek with the whole thing, but uh, that's so, that's it's not like I was like, "Hey guys, listen to this mix I listened to when I masturbated." <laughs> that's not. That's exactly what you said in my thought. <laughs> I have seen every episode but three Ooh. of Glee. <laughs> 
Uh, Which three? Uh, <laughs> Why so specifically oh, okay, three? Okay, there's, there's a little story there. Okay, so like David, I watched this pilot and loved this pilot. I still think it's... Pilots are usually terrible, so it's clearing a low bar to say this, but I still think it's probably one of the maybe ten best TV pilots. Um, just it like it does everything that a pilot should do, and it does it well, um, and it's still entertaining in its own right, and it had me like totally pumped and jazzed for the show and like i'm a total musical theater geek um you know, david and i did theater in high school and we're nerds so you know it's the nerdy kids rising up through song and it's broadway and all this kind of stuff and i'm like yeah this is my jam and the pilot was great and the pilot was enough to carry me through the first season well the pilot and the fact that like the show was mostly not terrible in its first season um by like the second season and well into the third, I was now at a point where I was more of a, I wouldn't say hate watching, but more of just a, this isn't very good, but how can they keep going with this? I can't look away at how, <laughs> like, just as David said, the the mishmash of zaniness mixed with, uh, like, raw emotion and just the the way that, like, it was a serialized show, but it wasn't. Like, they'd bring up a, a plot and ran and just, like, tie it you'd think it was a continuing element but then they wouldn't talk about it again until like 18 episodes later and suddenly it was a (laughs) running plot and you never quite knew what was real and what was fantasy and it was just this weird strange mishmash of a show that i couldn't really look away from and then it finally reached a point where i was like okay this is an i can't keep watching the show anymore even for like the the novelty of it and that was i think I forget exactly what season it was, if it was like the fourth or fifth. Basically, it was after Rachel moved to New York and was on the verge of getting her own sitcom. Whoa. And that was when I'm like, all right, this show is so far afield from where it started. And I was already barely holding on that I'm done. Like, I, I we had like the last three episodes on the DVR and my, we're like, my wife and I like, I don't even want to watch them. We're just <laughs> them. And moving on. And then yeah. they announced that like the show's last season or the second to last season, something like that was going to be like back to basics. Like it was going to be a different group of kids with a couple of the holdovers back at the school being in a glee club. And I didn't watch that as it aired, but I did record it. And then like the summer after it aired, I sat down and like blew through that last season. So as a result, I only really missed those three episodes that I sort of passed on. And that last season was not bad. Like it it was more like the first season in being, relatively less ridiculous in some of its plotting and more consistent in its characterization. But uh, yeah, this was the show that scratched my 90210 loving itch for a number of years. Which with, is like, similar show- to Save by the Bell. Which is similar to Save by the Bell, but with like show tunes thrown in. Yeah. And so that was, that show was tunes my... Show uh, nice. The 90s yeah. jams. I was into. <laughs> so Kyle, you probably have the more interesting yeah. relationship with this show of all of us. Uh, Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, I, uh, well, I'll start at the beginning. I also think the pilot is one of the all-time great pilots. Um, it's perfectly constructed. I like the first season. And then I, I, I worked on the show for seasons two and three. okay, I knew this, but what? Yeah, I don't know. Whoa! (laughs) I can't believe it! What a lucky coincidence! (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Just here, because I like grilled cheese and musicals. Uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was an extra. On, on two seasons. Not on this episode, I was I don't looking think. for you on this episode. Then I would be like, there he is. 
Yeah, I think I started after this episode. So what did, like, what does being an extra involve? Was that like, like, did you get called, like, on a episode-by-episode basis? Or did they call you names during the shoot? (laughs) (laughs) Did they call me names? Hey. Like, did they pick on me? Yeah, something good. I mean, they did, but that's not part of what being an extra is. That was just because of my bad personality. Um, I, uh... Yeah, well, I I knew I knew a guy who uh, did the extras wrangling as a PA. Okay. Um, and so I was lucky in that I just kind of had a standing invite whenever they were shooting scenes in the school. Okay. Um, I got to be one of the students. Nice. Um, and yeah, so I would I would get called. I mean, the the way the job works kind of sucks. I would get called um the day before by like five p.m. I'd be called by the casting people, and they'd be like, "All right." Uh, we have work for you tomorrow. Call this number back at, after 7 p.m. and we'll tell you when. <laughs> and I was like, okay, rad, radical. Um, and so I'd call back at 7 and they'd be like, okay, call times, you know, 8, 8 a.m. Uh, be there. <laughs> no, you know, you have no information on how long you're going to be there and what you're shooting, nothing. Right, right. We're the last people to know anything. Yeah. And so you'd go, you'd get okay by wardrobe, and then uh, you would just kind of hang out on set for like 12 hours and eat free food and sometimes walk back and forth uh, in a hallway too far for the camera to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Did you like write your You're character's just a fuzzy backstory? Body. Uh, I was a fuzzy yeah. body and I did not write the character's <laughs> backstory. No, not at I'm all. I'm like a student. I'm not good at singing, but I like singing and I'm an ex. <laughs> Did you have to do the the peas and carrots yeah. thing? No, we weren't allowed to make any sound okay. at all because they had to do their own audio recording. So we just had to. This is going to be a visual sure. thing Great. for the podcast, <laughs> but I just had to be like, <laughs> just kind of mouth stuff right. and gesture. Mouth stuff, yeah, like a whole. I I had to do yeah. mouth stuff, Not like the BJ yeah. episode, <laughs> like the BJ episode. Every episode in the back, you were sucking ghost dicks, right? I was, yeah. I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, uh. Um, so, so you Austin watched. Yeah. So you watched the first season, and then were an extra on the second and third. Did you watch those episodes? Yeah, I did. It felt like a professional courtesy. Yeah, and then did you stick with the show after your tenure as a as an extra was? Were up? you like I made this show no. worse? <laughs> uh. No, I did not stick with the show after my tenure was up. I uh, I have not seen a single episode past the third season. Okay. And that stuff you were saying about Rachel getting a sitcom is bananas. <laughs> I had no idea about it. Yeah, it was so dumb. There was this whole thing where it's like, she wants to go to New York, be in the prestigious New York school, and she gets in, and that's ridiculous that she even got in. But then she, like, hmm. quits it, which makes is even more ridiculous because she gets this opportunity yeah. to, like, be in TV, and then they're like, we're going to spin you off into your own show, and... It hmm. flops spectacularly, and then that's why she like goes back to Lima in the last season to coach the Glee Club because her sitcom fails. But it was just like, I don't even know what the show's doing anymore. Yeah, this sounds like a bad show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't built on a great foundation to begin <laughs> with, so it was no. Um, yeah, so uh, I suppose <clears throat> we can dive into this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the cold open, we see Finn making himself a grilled cheese sandwich, 
Delicious, strong so start. Yep. Sorry yep. to interrupt. He's, he fries, I was he excited fries it up the in, the, uh, in the old George Foreman. And when it when mm-hmm. it comes out, he sees the face of Jesus upon his grilled cheese. Uh, he he eats the non-religious half, which I like, because he because he's still hungry. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna, you're yeah. gonna let some of that go to waste. I'll give props to the prop department. Ironically enough, I guess. <laughs> ah, props. Uh, no, that was a good grilled cheeses. I think you know, like it looked like a grilled cheese sandwich, but you could kind of see what he was seeing too, and I think it was well done. Like, it looked like most of the people see Jesus in things. Yeah. Look, in terms of, like, it's not really explicit, but once you're told that that's what it is, you can kind of see it. Yeah. Right. They, yes, they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so after eating the non-religious uh, half, he prays to Jesus to give the football team their first win, and in exchange for that, he will then honor jesus in glee club that week and wouldn't you know it but the grilled lord comes through and the team wins their football game as uh the cold open concludes yeah speaking of zaniness that kind of gets to me when i was watching this show i'm not sure how having a person in a wheelchair playing football works but yeah okay we can get to that (laughs) i i kind of like that i i i mean it's clearly a, yeah, a silly yeah, I thing. know it's it's absurdism. I get it, I I, but I, is it absurdism I, I like or is that. it progressive? Honest question. Well, yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> <I know. laughs> Honest question. It, it's like <laughs> the absurd end of progressiveness, just because it. I don't know. I mean, there are special whole sports with wheelchairs. Correct. Like that, ball. And I w- yeah, but they don't involve like actual huge men running around. Yeah. Maybe they should. People. I would like to see a whole team of huge men versus wheelchair nerds. It would be interesting. The wheelchair sports are just there to keep the team line open. Uh, right, right. Epic callback. Um, I forget, what did Artie do on the football team? Like did was he just a play? He was not the quarterback. Not the quarterback. Was he just like a regular player, or did was he like a special team? Well, in this clip, he ran the ball in, and someone was wheeling behind him, which kind of <laughs> makes it more ridiculous. Like <laughs> that's funny. I think that's it a good fact. You no, know, I, I I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying. Then they tried to get the whole emotional stuff from you too, and eventually it was too much for me. It was. Remember when uh, remember when Kurt was on the football team for like an episode and a half? Yeah, he was yeah, the kicker, did, wasn't it? He was the kicker. They did a whole like yeah. the football team did single ladies to distract the other team and then he kicked the ball and won the game or something like that. Oh, yeah. That was one of those like, oh, this will probably be a thing. Oh no, wait, it's not. He never got mentioned again. He was on the football team. <laughs> what I what I really like about this whole thing with Finn and the grilled cheese is how much it feels like a parody of like very religious quarterbacks, oh, yeah. <laughs> like the, the way that a Tom Brady or somebody, yeah, will, or Peyton Manning will kind of refer to God having as given the, a yeah. presence. Right. The only difference between and, this and those quarterbacks is the grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also that yeah. it works. <laughs> Do you guys want to know how I make really good grilled cheeses in real life? Ooh. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's all I want to talk about for the rest I of this pepper, podcast, to be I honest. I should have prepared to pepper this episode with, like, grilled, grilled cheese. cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should have, like, different grilled cheese recipes I could interject with periodically. How, how do you do yours, Carolyn? Here's, my dir- here's one of my dirty home secrets, is that uh, for dairy-based dinners, such as grilled cheese and mac and cheese, we use a lot of Velveeta. No. It's really good. 
Mm-hmm. That's what the stuff that mm-hmm. they make cheese mm-hmm. dip for chips right. is. It's just Velveeta, and you don't even have to refrigerate it before you open it because the milk is replaced with oil. It's a science <laughs> cheese. It's yeah, Velveeta is a miracle of modern really time. Really nice. You get <laughs> or, Velveeta, or, and then you thinly slice jalapenos, fresh, mm-hmm. and that's a good fucking grilled cheese, bitch. Nice. As they as they refer to it on the Food Network, where they haven't paid to say the official name, <laughs> processed cheese loaf. That's me, baby. <laughs> that might be the official name. <laughs> That's my lifestyle. They'll be like, the secret to a good queso is using processed cheese loaf. And they kind of look at the camera like, you all know what we're trying to say, <laughs> don't you? Team Velveeta, uh, yeah. So after the title card, uh, Kurt is bringing his dad breakfast at the auto shop where his dad works and try and blows off their traditional Friday night family dinner that his dead mom started before she was dead. Um, <laughs> and we, uh, we get some back and forth about how uh, traditions are sacred and if they don't schedule time to be together, they're just going to be chips passing in the night but kurt's like whatever i'm a teenager and i want to go to sound of music sing along so that's what i'm doing here's a pro tip if you're in a sitcom or tv show i should say never blow off a family tradition (laughs) just means someone's going to have an accident (laughs) yes things are gonna get real if you blow off a family tradition I mean, it's the equivalent of being in a horror movie and saying, I'll be right back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Man, Kurt sure has a lot of dead parents. (laughs) (laughs) And so I guess, like, I get his dad's point. But at the same time, like, Kurt wasn't saying, I'm done with family dinners forever. He was basically saying, hey, I've got this thing that only happens once a year on this particular Friday. Yeah. How about we do it on Thursday instead? And his dad, oh, a tradition is important. I'm like, is, is moving it one day really that? Like, the kid's in high school. You're going to have to learn to be <laughs> flexible. Like, just with, like, school stuff. He's like, if he had a bleed meet on a Friday night or something, is, is he not going to go to that because it's your Friday night dinner? Like, just, I get the idea of, one night a week, we need to get together and have a family dinner, but you can be flexible about what night it is. Yeah, here's a pro tip to uh, parents with teens. Teens are selfish and don't want to hang out with you. Just, just accept <laughs> that, you know? <laughs> the sooner we all agree on that, the happier everyone will be. Yeah. I was going to say that this this scene, watching this scene again, was weird for me a little bit, because um, when I worked on the show, I was like 30 pounds lighter than I am, and I looked exactly like her. Oh, yeah. And I forgot that I did. <laughs> and so when he walked in, I was like, yo, it's 19-year-old me on the show. Like, it was very, the very ghost odd. of actor past. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the only cast member that I never really talked to when I worked yeah. on it. Oh, really? But we did once share an alarmed look at each other <laughs> while passing <laughs> on the lot. That's more <laughs> was, was, it, it, was it? It was. Like was that it, gif yeah. of Spider-Man and Spider-Man <laughs> pointing at each other? Yes, it's basically exactly <laughs> like that. While we've got you here, what's the other behind the scenes things you can drop for us anymore? I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of hot goss. Uh, nobody wanted to hang out with us. <laughs> That's the so, hot goss that you guys collected at your own craft um, table. Two of the people that I did extra work with have gone on to find success. I was going to ask you that. Were um, any of the was any of like the extra pool? Did they turn out to be people? Uh, one of them is uh, is Rosanna Pansino, who's now a YouTuber. Okay. A very successful YouTuber. 
Um, and the other was Carl Tart. He's now a comedy Bang Bang regular. Ah, nice. Um, and an improviser. Um, they're they're both. Oh, and one other one's in the Blue Man oh, group. Ooh. Is it one of the Blue Men? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they are all Blue Men in the Blue Man group. <laughs> I think that's the defining feature of membership in the Blue Man. Ironically, none of the talking. Blue Men are blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, most of the people on the show are nice. Cory Monteith was very was a very sweet dude. Yeah. Um, Jane Lynch is a yeah. sweetheart. You know, really a lot of the people you'd think. And a lot of the people that you think weren't all that nice uh, were also not all that nice. Oh, I just remembered also another person that worked with us is now a uh, cast member on AP Bio. Oh, Marissa Barron. Yes, she's one of the one of the students. I hear good things about it. I haven't seen it. Yes, I'm gonna pick up eventually because I'm such a sunny freak. I gotta. Yeah, big sunhead. That sounds like a slur. <laughs> piss, you sunhead, you. That's you, <laughs> yeah. you live in L.A., you sell out, sunhead. Now I'm a sunhead. I'm in the sun all the time. I went to the pool yesterday. Whoa. <laughs> so, I'm not trying to brag. Oh, that's a brag. But that's just my lifestyle. Yeah. So, was Leah, was Leah Michelle like, throwing bagels at everybody? Is that the... <laughs> <laughs> that's borderline anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, also, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I realize in hindsight that the bagel wasn't the... I should have said Danish. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Crawler or something like that. Uh, she found time to throw um, all variety of pastries. That was, yeah, I just, she strikes me as the, like, <laughs> you know, fetch me my baked good peon type of person. Yeah, she loved having peons fetch baked goods. I've heard the most gossip about her, and I haven't even heard gossip, just that she was mean. You don't have to say, but blink twice if she hurt you. <laughs> oh, I thought. Well, no, I, we never interacted. <laughs> um, yeah. So that yeah. show. We uh, we come back from the title card, and uh, Finn announces to the Glee Club that he has found Jesus, but he leaves out the "in my sandwich" part of that sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asks if they can dedicate the week uh, to Jesus, and this sparks off a lively ooh, debate ooh. amongst the kids. Yeah, yes, I really Carol. like how they do this part where it's a misdirection about he's in love with a man. He's in love with a man who's inside of him. Like, yeah. They, like, <laughs> yeah, they do. They do a whole uh, is he coming out kind of thing. Uh, right. Before he gets to the fact that it's Jesus. And this is one of those like, this is where David probably has this problem, too, but where like. The, the logical side of me has issues with Glee because I'm like, wait, so how does this whole club work? Yeah. <laughs> because they do this thing where they're like, the theme for this week is X. And that's basically just a thinly veiled writer's tool to come up with a theme, uh, something to talk about in that ep- to build that episode around, something to tie the, the music into for that given week. But I'm like... How does that prepare them for competition? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what let's does sing random songs that we won't sing for competition? Like, cause yeah, cause is the like I would assume the idea would be supposed to be like we have a competition in X weeks. Let's come up with a set list and then practice those songs. So is the idea supposed to be that like in any given theme week they're like auditioning potential songs for their competitions, but then when it gets to be competition time, they are of course all songs we've never heard them perform because they need new tracks to sell on iTunes and put onto CDs and whatnot. So then it's like, well, what's the goddamn point of having these weeks all the time? 
Unless it's just to, you know, because it's a TV show and they need fodder for themes and song choice selection. I think. Maybe the Lima, Ohio school districts are so flush with arts cash <laughs> that they just need to burn it. Which could be a thing, except that the fact that they're not flush with arts cash is a repeated <laughs> yeah, plot a major point part of the throughout the entire run of the show. So. And then some of the songs that are sung for the theme aren't sung in the class and may not be actually sung at all, but except in the minds of the people and... Oh, we'll get to that. Because <laughs> then, that's true. what's great about it is like not only does the theme week extend to what they're singing in the class, which I'm also not sure is or is not extracurricular. Um, <laughs> that's never been made clear at all. Like, are they getting school credit for this, or is this like yeah. an after school thing? You get points uh, for no. singing your feelings, and you get points still if you sing your feelings in your head. I get an A. I just did it. it I mean, Thank you do. You. It's after school thing, though, because Mr. Schuster's the Spanish yeah, teacher normally, right. isn't that's he? Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's totally extracurricular. Um, yeah. I think it's a lunch thing or something. Yeah, they're always they're there always, when school is happening. Yeah, it is. It's always like they're going to and from class for it. So, yeah, it must be like a... Yeah. This is all of the stuff that I wanted like laid out and then consistently portrayed throughout the run of the show, and they really didn't do that at all. Maybe they have a free period yeah, where you like, can do extracurricular meetings. Some kids do study hall or something. And they, yeah. Free either. period would be a good show. And it's about ladies <laughs> I know where having... this is going. What is happening? Where is it going? <laughs> yeah, you pitch it then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love how not only is their theme week what they sing in class, but it's also what they sing outside of class in the comfort of their own home yeah. in the week. So it's like it's a theme for their life, yeah, for, for, for the that, week, not just the class. And so you, you you hope for a positive theme week because it's gonna if it's gonna be a sad theme week, then something sad is gonna happen to somebody, you know? Right, right. In real life, yeah. yeah. So uh, so the kids go back and forth, and uh, Kurt somewhat rightly points out that uh, he's not a big fan since so many churches don't like gays <laughs> or women. Uh, yeah. No one really disputes that. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's just like, no, good, good, yeah. good point, Kurt. We're moving on. Um, Quinn and Mercedes, of course, are all for it. They are they are established uh, churchgoers and uh, religious types. Uh, Santana, who is one of the saucy cheerleaders that came in with Quinn, uh, is less excited about the idea. Uh, Puck calls himself a Jew for Jesus but doesn't like the way that people use Jesus to put down other people. Yeah. And then uh, he, he brings up a, a sort of a discussion about how you can find sort of spirituality everywhere, yeah. including every time he makes out with a new girl, yeah. um, which is which is skeevy, but his larger point is not a terrible one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's impossible to watch. Yeah, knowing, yeah, knowing yeah. where that actor went. We can't went. not discuss that a little, right? He's the one that was convicted for child pornography and then yeah. killed himself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That really casts a power on this next part that I'm still excited Yeah, about. it's a huge bummer, the song that he sings, given all of that. So, yes, um, Puck, Puck declares that uh, continuing his tradition of only performing songs from Jewish artists, yeah. which part of me wants to go back and see if that was true up to this point, but part of me already knows it probably isn't, because um, this isn't the kind of show that would be consistent with that. <laughs> Uh, he decides to perform Billy Joel's oh Only the Good <laughs> Die Young. Oh my god, and he's not good. But not in his case. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Which takes on a whole other dimension <laughs> now that he is a convicted child 
pornographer I who's dead at his own hand. Yeah, well, I don't know that I care for that aspect, but did everybody else feel like they were having an aneurysm when he said, well, then you, you must think Billy Joel is stupid. I was like, what? This is the, the BJ episode. But you guys, you know what it is? Is, is it's BJ69. It's Billy Joel's 69th birthday. It was two weeks ago, and it's been a whole year. So I feel like this is part of it, that we're finally getting someone else to bring up Billy Joel. Not me, but somebody to show. I mean, Glee's kind of tough to watch in general because two of the main actors have met untimely ends. One's you is sad and you feel bad about. The other, he's kind of a <laughs> not a good person. Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was kind of funny about that is like the we were watching the episode on Netflix and it rolled into the next episode. And then, then Will Schuster's like, uh, Puck's in juvie for, <laughs> and I'm like, for like child pornography or whatever. <laughs> I forget what the actual explanation for why he was in jail was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when I, when I was looking through the list of, of potential very special episodes from Glee, which is quite lengthy and I had Meg C cut it down to like <laughs> a top, a top five for oh, me. And then she gave me like, she gave me like eight, um, I went with one of the reasons I went with this one was because it had a Billy Joel song Yay. in it. Um, so I thought Carol might appreciate that. I did not recall who sang the Billy Joel song <laughs> or what the particular song was, which maybe would have had me second guess the. Oh, no. Well, now it's just like another Bicycle Man callback. It's yeah, exactly. Oh, was I the only one singing along? <laughs> oh no! Um, well, what's fu- this song is funny to me because my parents. We're super Catholic. (laughs) Yeah. But this is like one of my dad's favorite songs ever. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great friendly fuck you. And and like, hey, Pope, we be fucking. It's like David parents specifically. Yeah. Yeah, they probably did fuck to it. I'm not. I'm not really denying that. I'm just saying. The song's all about like premarital sex, basically, and like don't don't listen to that. To all this Catholic doctrine and like they're big Catholics and I just find it funny. But my dad never got caught up in that too much, I guess. I don't know. Um, I am I am no music critic and am terrible at judging uh the quality Bye. of music. But I felt like his performance was a little uh, not that good. Yeah, I'm trying to like like <laughs> bad. Not entered, yeah, yes, but I'm trying to come up with like the specific way that it struck me as not being good. Like it felt half-hearted. Like I wanted a little bit more like gusto from him. Billy has a lot uh, of passion when he's singing. Yeah, yeah, passion, talking. passionless might be the. Yeah, uh, Billy spits it like, out. Because you want Virginia. He yeah, wants her. he wrote this song in high school. It was about the girl he liked uh, yeah. in middle school. He like sing it at a talent show as a young baby teen before he stopped going to high school. I like Carolyn's Billy Joel. Right? <laughs> That's part of this show. We, can every like ten minutes you just drop some new trivia? We've ta- we've talked she about could. how someday we need to do a very special episode that's just Carolyn and I talking about Billy Joel for yeah. like an hour and a half. We're do a whole damn album. <laughs> the only thing, and it was obvious in this one. Another thing that I struggle with on this show, and I know it's kind of the nature of the kind of show it is, but when it's super obvious that they're lip syncing. When they're singing, and this one didn't do a good job. I mean, I know it was still the actor singing it. It's just being dubbed over the scene, but 
I felt it was pretty obvious on this one, anyways, and that always and distracts they, me too. And they also have to like shorten the songs. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. Like they'll miss the second part of the chorus. And it's, yeah, you, you get blue balls. Especially when it's a song you're really familiar with, it always right. yeah right. is jarring. It hurts so much in the future songs, but in this song. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a hierarchy to the Glee songs mm. where, like, there's the ones that get the full, like, end-of-the-episode production value coverage, and that yeah. is usually, like, the whole song, and then there's, like, kind of in the middle songs, and those are sort of hit or miss, but then there's this always, this particular one is one of their, like, throwaway early in the episode. Yeah, like, yeah. we're gonna say that we did this song so we can say we did it, but you're only gonna get, like, one verse or maybe the refrain because it's early and we have other things to do. And they're gonna give it to the least talented, most child child molesting. <laughs> well, it wasn't a uh, Finn. The actor played him. He didn't even really sing before this show, is what I heard. Really? Am I wrong? Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, that's my understanding as well. That he was sort of in much the same way his character was discovered in the pilot. He was discovered. The actor was discovered, like as a singing talent, um, going into the show. At least that's my yeah. Meg C can chime in if we're right. wrong about that. <laughs> uh, so then uh, in the next scene, uh, Kurt's dad has a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll have to stop for a while. All right, we're done. That's it. Shut this down. We've peaked as a as a as an episode. Um, so then we get a uh, dramatic, almost t- entirely silent scene where. Emma, who is the guidance counselor for people that don't know Glee off the back of their hands, uh, gets the news and then she goes and tells Mr. Schuster and then the pair oh. of them pull Kurt out of French is class. It, wait, wait, wait. Why is Will involved in this is my question. That's a question we could ask of 90% of Glee episodes, David. Yeah, he has an inappropriate relationship with his students. Yeah, why is Will involved in it? Like, he comes in, he's like, I need to talk with you. I'm like, well, technically, shouldn't the guy's counselor just tell the French teacher at the time? Like, this is what happened and the French teacher talks to him because that's the class you're in? Like, wouldn't that, how the, wouldn't that be how the school works? Finn is the best man at Shoe's wedding. And that tells you all you need to know. About the in like the inability to draw teacher student lines with Mr. Shu. Building all over again. Oh no, seriously, Mr. Shu like finger gunned all over all of these kids' beds. Oh dear. You're gonna yeah. get arrested too, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because then they end up at the hospital together and I'm like, that's kinda weird that his teacher's at the hospital with and part of me was like, I guess someone had to drive him there, maybe, but Did they do sponge baths? Yeah, at the uh, hospital. I'll leave that to there your was, imagination. There were no traditionally unattractive nurses or doctors. <laughs> yeah, horny nurses. Hot, hot, horny nurses. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> so so they tell they pull Kurt out and then they take him to the hospital and the doctor tells Kurt that his dad basically had a heart attack and is now in a coma. He had um, a heart attack because he missed dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so then they go into the in the room and Kurt's like, "Can I have a moment alone?" And his teacher and guidance counselor are like, no, I don't think you should be alone. And I'm like, I don't think you should be there right now. (laughs) (laughs) Educational professionals who's, you know, draw the line to school kids. Um, So they leave and he, you know, has a tearful moment where he tells you, he squeezes his dad's hand and he's like, if you can hear me, squeeze back. And he doesn't. And it's all very affecting. And Chris Colfer is 
pretty good with most of this material. Yeah. yeah Chris Cooper's great in this episode, and Mike O'Malley in general is phenomenal in this oh, show. Oh, he is he like, is the show's like really MVP. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's really, really good. And all the work that even though he's not obviously not super active in <laughs> all the work that he's done before kind of pays off in yeah, a bit. Yeah. Because like especially if you've been watching the show, you've come to see like, you know, his journey with Kurt right. and you know, whatever and, and his being this character a lot of pathos. And um and so it's affecting it is, yeah. To see him not doing so this great. This is not this is one of the instances where the show actually does lay the groundwork and stick to its guns with a serial plot line. So like Kurt's yeah. dad has been around more or less since the beginning and their relationship has grown and they've both changed and there is, they've invested in this storyline. So it is a lot more affecting when this happens and, and Kurt has to deal with it. And yeah, just as a, as someone watching, you're like, you don't want his dad to die because his dad's awesome. He's like a fantastic, yeah, great actor, great and, character. And- and the character's grown throughout the show. Yeah. To the point where, like, he's kind of a bit character, and then he becomes bigger, and he becomes a regular. And this is a point where it's like, I guess they could just kill him off. Yeah. Like, he's not so established that it's unthinkable. Right, um, right. But he's gotten big enough that you care. Right. Yeah. It's, the, the, it's, so it's, it's that tense. sweet spot for serial storytelling where... Yeah. The character is big enough that you care if they die, but not so big that you just assume they're invincible and are going to pull through. Yeah, that it would like totally alter everything right. about the show if they right. And you need someone who can send the kids to the aggro crag, too. It's a guts reference. Do you not know <laughs> guts, Carolyn? Is it, is it like a kid's American Gladiator? <laughs> yeah. More or less. Yeah, yeah. Michael Malley was the host. Know. Not enough, though. <laughs> in my murky zone. I mostly knew Michael Malley from Yes, dear. That's where I know him from, too. sitcom from the 2000s. I feel so bad that I, like, that's my point of reference because it's such a forgettable sitcom. But I'm, and he's, he's, he's so, so great, great as a performer. Yeah. Yeah. But that show is like, I'm not going to recommend anybody watching <laughs> no, Yes, dear. No, my God, no. But he is really good in it. <laughs> well, I... Yeah. I actually remember him from like I think it might have been one of his first gigs, which was uh, the host of Get the Picture, which was another Nickelodeon game show, and he had utter disdain for the kids that would come on the show <laughs> and their inability to answer the questions he'd ask them. <laughs> That's good art. That's a good trait. I don't think I know this guy. Yeah, this is IMDb mostly Nickelodeon. Have we checked with the orphans? Uh, let me see. He's he's definitely one of those like those guys that I think throw yeah. th- showed up in a lot of stuff. I think Yestier was probably his big break in terms of like landing yeah. the the lead on a like a big sitcom. He did have his own sitcom in the nineties. Um, that I'm I'm actually also looking this up right now. It lasted for eight episodes. <laughs> Um, it was called The Mike O'Malley Show. Oh, yeah. It stars him as a 30-year-old hockey enthusiast. And it also stars Will Arnett oh, yeah. as his friend. Wow. And Spalding Gray as his professor. Wow. So, a uh, very strange NBC show that was canceled uh, very quickly. <laughs> it only aired two episodes, so produced eight. Yeah. We'll have to have you back for that one, Kyle. When we get <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. He, um, he showed up in, like, bit parts in a lot of, like, uh, Deep Impact. I think oh. he was... One of the kids, like I don't know if he was Frodo's dad or 
Lily is so by Esky's dad. I, I assume he was somebody's dad in Deep Impact. Uh, he was in Pushing Tin, the air traffic controller movie. 28 Days, the Sandra Bullock alcoholic movie. He was one of the people in the rehab place with her. Um, so he was in Yes, Dear, and that ran for a few years. That ran for 122 episodes somehow. <laughs> Six years, uh, yeah. Uh, he was he was um he was in that uh my own worst enemy which was the christian slater vehicle <laughs> where he was like oh yeah a, a, he like was a split he they yeah. like created a personality where like he was a secret agent but then would like yeah. switch it off and become like a normal guy yeah. and so mike o'malley i think was his like partner who knew both of them and so he was kind of like his partner slash handler i don't know uh, he was in a bunch of a handful of uh, My Name is Earl episodes, and then yeah, Glee. He had a, a long run, um, forty-seven episodes on Glee, and has been in a few th- few movies since then. But yeah, he was nominated for a few Emmys for Glee, I think. Too. Yeah, a few like uh, guest characters. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, did you get any Emmy noms? <laughs> yeah, I got nommed for uh, best gesticulation. Yeah, you're, you're sucking <laughs> yeah. those ghost sticks. That's right. Uh, so while while Kurt and is having a touching moment with his comatose dad, we cut to Finn, who admits that he thinks Jesus works like a genie, and asks grilled cheeses to make Rachel let him touch her boob. That's a good scene. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's a thing that happens. Um. So yeah, Finn is a dope, but as a former high school boy, I can attest that touching a boob is a big deal. I wanted to. Uh, my <laughs> prayers weren't answered. In high school. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. I wanted you, to. Uh, you did not have a divine grilled cheese to grant you your wishes, David. That is very uh, true. So that was your first mistake. Uh, so then we cut to everyone filing into the Glee classroom. Uh, Finn comes storming in because he's pissed off that Kurt didn't tell him about his dad's heart attack because they're in the middle of a ongoing serialized storyline where Finn's mom and Kurt's dad are dating. Yeah. Uh, or are they even, they might even be, no, they're not married at this point. No, they're just, they're dating. just, dating. they get married. Spoiler alert. Uh, so that Finn and Kurt become stepbrothers, uh, which is super awkward. Cause one of the forgotten plot points from the first season was that Kurt had a crush on Finn. Uh, right, so right. then they kind uh, of like, called with that in this episode though actually yeah there's like a look yeah when right at the beginning when it seems like finn is gonna say he's gay like, right. like oh yeah that's right, gets that's a right. Look. gay yeah. for jesus mm. uh so then mercedes does that thing that they do on glee all the time where she's like i don't know what to say so i'm going to sing my feelings to this person <laughs> which is kind of knowing what to say just say the lyrics of the song yeah. you don't have to sing it <laughs> just recite yeah. the lyrics like william right, shatner I don't they do that they do that trope all the time on Glee and it certainly is a trope that they have absorbed from musical theater and I love musical theater so I don't want to ding them for it too bad but it drives me nuts in musical theater too where I'm like well either the lyrics are exactly what you want to say in which case just say the lyrics (laughs) or they aren't exactly what you want to say in which case why are you saying them because most song lyrics are hyper specific and probably don't mean what you think they mean when you're saying them. Then he's saying only the good die young again. Yeah, right? I wish. No. no they could sing Keeping the Faith, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
part of the episode where I thought about, you know, how musicals are exactly like pornos. Except yeah. that instead of fucking, it's a song. So it's it's like, right. Da, 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 fuck. Or sing. <laughs> you know, it. do, it, do something. It's like an <laughs> augmented reality, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's very much Driving the point until you get mm, the right. next good part, which is the mm-hmm. singing, right? Or mm-hmm. the fucking. And I don't, I don't have a problem with augmented reality, except that Glee was always terrible about never making it clear if what we were seeing was the show's yeah. reality or the augmented reality. Because like, yeah, there's a term for that, isn't there? Like when a song is in the universe and when it's not. But now I don't. Right. Diegetic. What's that? Yes, diegetic. Yeah, diegetic yeah, yeah, yeah. sound exists within the universe. That's right. Because so, yeah. yeah. like, okay, okay, sure, this is. Yeah. Mercedes singing a song to Kurt in the classroom and you're like okay this is probably diegetic but then she's got uh, what Tina and Quinn backing her up yeah and they, of course know exactly how to back her like what she needs where to come in what song she like did they plan this ahead of time did they practice was that part of the class or is this supposed to be part of that altered reality where like everyone just around you knows the lyrics and knows how to sing because you're in a performance now, not within the universe. Also, they always have the Brad, the piano player, um, exists in some sort of like <laughs> pocket dimension where he only appears when he needs to play the piano and then disappears and you never see him come or go. I didn't even notice him. Which, yeah. Pointing out that yeah. ghost piano. Talk about a genie. Which isn't entirely necessary because if you just heard a piano, it's not like you really call Gleon, like, where'd that piano come from? <laughs> right, but. All of a sudden, they'll be singing, and they'll walk by the piano, and you're like, oh, look, there's Brad playing the piano without <laughs> any comment or anything. I think that that guy actually does a lot of the arrangements yeah. for the Yeah, he's uh, like for the, the show. music supervisor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's I think it's just like a fun cameo, <laughs> for more than any kind of in-universe yeah. or even narrative. And I think they do. Uh, justification. They have, there's a few episodes where they make jokes. About, they point out the... Like the yeah. fact that yeah they hang a lampshade and the fact that like oh Brad's here now suddenly or something mm-hmm. like that yeah it is one of the less egregious sins of Glee for me but it's worth pointing out mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh so Mercedes sings a song I don't know I didn't yeah. recognize it I probably should have looked it up I was hoping maybe someone <laughs> knew what it was um anyone I'm looking it up Bueller <laughs> I'm yeah, on I, didn't, I didn't get this I'm hacking the net crack research team on it uh so she. She sings her spiritual song, and Kurt's like, well, thank you for expressing your sentiment to me via song, but I don't believe in God. Um, He's basically like Santa for adults, and uh, (laughs) everyone expresses their disbelief at this, and he's basically like, "Um, "What? I I have a problem with a God who makes me gay, but then also makes his followers hate me. Man. Uh, real quick, it's a Whitney Houston song. Oh, okay. But it's a Whitney Houston from from 2009, oh. so I don't feel too bad about not knowing. <laughs> That's a, the roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> yeah. At first, I was like, "Damn, I should know yeah. this apparently huge Whitney Houston hit." Right. But no, no. it's written by R. Kelly, another creep. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody, I really liked Kurt and just mm. what a bitchy atheist he was. <laughs> it, yeah. It's so good seeing this on TV. Somebody was like, "Your God's a dick." <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're engaging in a theological debate, I think it's fine to have a space for being an atheist. Obviously, I think it's fine to have <laughs> room to say I don't believe in God. I think sometimes it's a little dickish 
like if someone's like i'm gonna pray for you to be like don't i don't believe in god it's like well, yeah. let people help in whatever way they think can help and you, it doesn't really cost you that much just to say thank you and move on now of course and, the corollary to that is if all they're doing yeah, I know. Offering you prayers, and they have the capacity to help you in a more concrete way. Correct. <laughs> but are choosing simply to rely on prayer, then I don't have a problem if you want to call them yeah. out on it. Yeah, I'm thinking more I'm, in this specific I'm, I'm instance. I'm looking at you, a large swath of the country. This show also yeah. does with uh, Kurt and, to a lesser extent, Sue. Or no, other way around. To a greater extent, Sue, but also Kurt. It, it takes that view of atheism where they have to kind of justify why right. they don't believe in God. There, there's not this sense that, like, that's just a normal thing to yeah. do. It's like, Kurt's an atheist because the church doesn't like gay people and because they're mm-hmm. they're conservative. Um, and Sue is an atheist because she prayed for her sister and it didn't work. There's this sense that, like, believing in God is the default. Yes. And these two people don't because of something that happened to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a really common trope on TV that I I don't love. Um, it's always somebody's like angry at God, yeah. or angry at the church. It's never just like yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't it's never seem like, like whatever. It's not it's never fasting my uh, a shoulder shrug. Here. Yeah, it's never just a shoulder shrug of it. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's never just like I don't know. I wasn't really raised mm-hmm. religious, and I don't. I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah, no, that's a, it. That's a very good point because it's like this episode gets props for sort of addressing all viewpoints or a lot of view- more viewpoints than most shows would but at the yeah. same time it is both of the atheist characters are presented as a uh, they're angry yeah, yeah they're angry and that yeah. they are a an alternate to the standard mm, and that they yeah. have to explain why they have deviated from the norm instead of saying well that, we're the norm and why why do all of you believe where where did that come yeah. from? And that's you get a you get a, you get that question answered a little bit indirectly with Mercedes at the end, but they mm-hmm. never really explore. They never really flip that on its head and ask, you know, why does Quinn? Why is Quinn such a strong believer? Why does Mercedes have the faith that she does? Why is Emma yeah. apparently into it? You know, it's always it's that yeah. like you said, it's just this is the norm. Why? Are Which is different? also yeah, I th- and I think that even. Has to, like, I, I assume that this show is written by irreligious people. I'm pretty sure that Ryan Murphy's not a religious uh, man. Right. And, <laughs> or or at least not this kind of religion. <laughs> yeah, but but so I, I think that that's even kind of a flip side of the same thing, where I think that when irreligious writers write religious characters, a lot of times they don't know how to explain why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, a good they, point. They don't know why. Like, they're, they don't have an insight into people's religious lives. Right. And so they just kind of treat it as like, well, I know why people might not, and so we'll talk about that, and we'll treat belief as the default, which ironically becomes a regressive right. way of viewing right. like religious life. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to be seeing. Yeah, and there is that... Uh, and they never dive into it. Like, Kurt's biggest problem is that he feels ostracized by the religious, right? Like, Right, by the community. And and no doubt there's a lot of religious people out there, Christians specifically, but who demonize uh, gay people. But that's not all Christians, and that's not necessarily... Like, nobody challenges that, like, I am religious and 
do accept you for who you are and think it's okay. Yeah, like, nobody's like, I'm an Episcopalian. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like, That's right. the ones who eat fish, right? <laughs> I think they all eat <laughs> yeah, we, they, yeah, they, they all eat fish, Carol. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah, you, again, we get a little bit of that at the end, but it's very subtle and it, and it yeah. goes unstated and it, maybe it's more powerful for it. Maybe it is, is failing to underline the point, but you're right. Like No one really comes out and says like you're not wrong kurt but i am religious and my beliefs don't tell me that you're wrong yeah don't say you're a sinner don't say that you know, don't say that you're going to hell or anything yeah. like that like they don't ever really present that side of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, we do get a, a humorous bit when kurt goes on a diatribe about like all of the things that make as much sense as mm-hmm. as god and mentions this dwarf that lives behind the moon, and then Brittany's like, "Is God an evil yeah. dwarf?" <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, so not surprised. Well, a little surprisingly, I guess. Not surprisingly, she that Sue comes down on Shu. Um, a little surprising that it's for teaching religion in a public school. And I say surprising because you really never know which way Sue's going to flip in any given episode mm. because. She's the most inconsistently written character on this show. Because she just because, has to be a foil no matter what, right? Right. Yeah. She's con- she's consistent yeah. in that she is opposed to whatever <laughs> Shu and the Glee Club are doing for the most part, except sometimes when she's not. Um, and her reasons... It's like she's Trump and everybody else is okay. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, right? whatever. Whatever they're got for, their name on it, it's bad. She's against. So right now... Exactly. They're pro-religion, so she mm-hmm. comes down on Shu for teaching religion in a public school. Uh, he points out that the lesson is supposed to be about spirituality, not specifically religion, and that the kids have a right to profess whatever they believe in. Uh, and Sue basically says, no, they can. If they want to do that, they can go to a private school. Well, I mean, the whole thing's weird because it's like, he he's not teaching <laughs> he's teaching he's not songs. teaching anything yeah. as far as we can tell <laughs> and like if you're going to eliminate all songs that deal with spirituality you're left with like i don't know the thong song or what <laughs> <laughs> but that's about butt worship so <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, yeah, see, there you I, go. Don't know. I mean it's not like we ever see shu being like i don't know rachel you sound a little flat try doing this and it'll round out that note in the end <laughs> Yeah, they're just, already just, all perfect singers. Yeah. He's like, Here's the theme week. I'm going to sit back and smugly smile at all of you as you <laughs> sing your songs. Um, yeah, it's, 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 um, I don't know if the show is trying to present Sue's argument as rational or just Sue being Sue. Yeah, that's where uh, you get the conflicting message because she has reasons behind her argument at least this point. Right. But she's so often just trying to like screw over the Glee Club just to screw them over that you're like, is she and, just trying to seize upon an opportunity here? You know? Right. And she's and she's not wrong about there needing to be a separation of church and state, mm-hmm. but he's, like you said, Dave, he's not teaching religion. He's yeah. letting them express it and I feel like in a what has to be an extracurricular setting, I don't think kids singing songs that mention god have any is any sort of crossing of that line or anything and at least by my opinion i mean we had like a humanities class or something that where we went over like all the religions of the world and that's like i guess in a way teaching religion but not like endorsing a religion which is a different one there's yeah there's a difference between like teaching the history and doctrinal differences of religion and teaching 
how teaching one to practice that religion. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. My, I had a cousin who had a, a, a English class in high school where they read like a bunch of the Old Testament. Right. Yeah. We in this and we did like, too in that class. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's literature. Yeah. Like, there's stuff yeah. to analyze. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's not In my high school, there was, like, one assembly where the choir sang a bunch of, like, God songs. And my friend and I, who was gay, just like in Glee. <laughs> just like in the show. gay people? No, it was great. Um, <laughs> we weren't that into it, so we started just singing the devil over <laughs> when they would sing yeah. God. <laughs> and then, like... 20 years later or something, we saw a public access recording of that assembly, <laughs> and the poor Cameron person was very near us, so he heard our contribution loud and clear over the original song. And that was my contribution to society Fantastic. in general. <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, English, yeah. we read The Fountainhead, oh, which oh, is yeah. not about God. But is very weird. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably teaching you worse things than uh, <laughs> yeah, if anything. We're uh, we're recording this episode on the day that it was announced that Zack Schneider's next movie will be an adaptation of The Fountainhead. Oh, jeez, like, well, that seems uh, inevitable. Why are you trying to make me hate? It? Yeah, it is Anne Rand. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's literally an, a book by Ayn Rand. Yeah. Yeah. No, Anne Rice is dirty, but she's fine. Anne Rand is evil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Anne Rand, Lestat, and her uh, <laughs> and, and, baby banging. Lestat's gold. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so then we cut to Rachel's bedroom, and Rachel tells Finn that she wants their future children to be raised Jewish. Uh, he's momentarily distracted because part of her spiel is how they're not going to have sex until they're twenty-five. Uh, but once he comes back around, he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit what our fantasy phantom kids are going to be <laughs> religious. So if you want to make him Jewish, that's cool. And she's like, great, you can touch my boob. And they do mention bagels here, Austin, which is probably... <laughs> Maybe that's it. where it came from. In yeah. your mind. Not you your anti-Semitism this time. Not <laughs> my anti-Semitism. It was implanted. <laughs> that's incidental. To yeah, it, was, it, was incept- it was incepted in me by the, by the show. Um, so then... Uh, uh, Sue is grilling Santana and Brittany about the goings on in Glee Club, and that transitions into her talking to Kurt, and she suggests that Kurt file an official Jesus protest so that she can then take it to the school board and get all of this shut down. And she admits to Kurt that uh, she does like to mess around with the Glee Club, but in this particular case, she truly does want to help him. I've- I feel like things move fast in the Glee universe sometimes because I would they think, do. think yeah. the process of going through a complaint to like the school board to get something shut down. Once the theme week be done by then, be like <laughs> shut down this mutuality talk and be like, oh, we're already on to thong talk this time. I know. I feel like if if oh. Sue came to me and was like, "You need to file a complaint so I can shut this down," I'd be yeah. like, "Okay, I'll hand it in like a week and a half from now. I've got like homework to do. My yeah. dad's in a coma. Like, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, this is, I'm not gonna get on this lickety split. Mm. And that's not even considering like how long the bureaucratic wheels would take to turn to get something going. And yeah. Um. So yeah. No. It's it's one of those scenes where. You're reminded that Sue is best when they let her be human, but then you're never quite sure what's real and what's not because yeah. she's such a malleable character and they they will roll back whatever arc they put her on for the sake of a cheap laugh, so it's hard to get too worked up about any of this. 
Yeah, like they really want you to invest in her relationship with her sister, but then she's always so evil that you're like, should I invest in this relationship? And yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh so then uh Emma is giving Sue the third degree about uh getting in the way of the Glee Club trying to help Kurt. I'm not sure why Emma cares so much about this, but it's basically a vehicle to get Sue to give her explanation for why she is an angry atheist. And she talks mm-hmm. about how uh, her older sister, who we know has Down syndrome, was like a hero to her when they were kids, but that everybody else laughed at her sister. So Sue would pray and pray and pray to make all of the laughing stop. And she finally realized that it wasn't that she wasn't praying right or praying enough but that it was that there was just no one there listening. And that's more or less when she uh, yeah. when she gave up on the whole believing in God thing. Um, she makes, Sue makes a good point to Emma about how uh, it's not right to expect religious tolerance uh, for some, but then for those same people, they can be intolerant of the non-religious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Emma's basically like, fine if you want to be an angry atheist so be it but keep it to yourself and sue's like yeah that's that's all i'm asking the jesus kids to do is keep what they believe to their Which, se- to themselves yeah if i believe the class was actually endorsing like forcing the students to like believe in a religion then i'd be on her side but that doesn't yeah. really feel like what's happening here so i don't yeah at this point we're still in the they're just expressing their own personal beliefs no yeah. one's judging them, valuing them, telling them they're right or wrong. It's mm-hmm. more of just a open dialogue, and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a brief scene where, I guess, Kurt has, as David says, at the speed of sound, um, filed his complaint, <laughs> given it to the school board. The school board has ruled uh, because everybody's mad that Kurt has squashed their religious singing dreams for the re- however much of this week is left. <laughs> Um, so then Finn like, is we had one more day of this week that you just <laughs> ruined Kern I still have I... done my song that is my feelings yeah. my right. I got this white shirt to wear over my jeans for nothing <laughs> um, so we cut to the locker room and Finn is once again praying to the grilled Jesus and asking to be made the quarterback of the football team again uh, Puck comes in and makes Finn sort of realizing realize that he's been praying for selfish shit. And this is the point when I realized both of the actors in that scene are now dead. <laughs> and evil a little. Maybe. No, no. Yeah. One just is one, evil. One. <laughs> one of them is. Yeah, the other one, he just had yeah, addiction. He had addiction problems. Yeah, yeah he had longstanding addiction mm-hmm. problems. Just a regular Never child died. actor. Yeah. Yeah, he went the way, you know, he's in the Jonathan Brandis retirement home. Baby boy Brandis! <laughs> uh, so then, uh, Rachel and Finn are at some weird park where <laughs> Rachel sings, Papa, Can You Hear Me? from yeah. Yentl, yeah. Which, was the, which was the song that she wanted to sing in class but can't because of the speedy bureaucracy of the school board. <laughs> um, and she's hoping... This is going to help bring Kurt's dad A song back. that also isn't even that religious. Did you guys yeah. see Deadpool 2? No. no. Yeah. This no. song makes an appearance. I won't spoil oh, yeah. it for you. <laughs> What'd you think, Daryl? I liked it. I liked Deadpool. I did too. I thought it was a lot He's of fun. Cool. I'm glad Ryan Reynolds gets 
the game <laughs> the way he wants it. He deserves it. Yeah. Go see Deadpool 2. It's good. Uh, pa- Papa, can you hear me? Always makes me think of uh, Nelson from The Simpsons because there's an episode where he, mm. where he sings it to his long lost father. He yeah. also That's likes right. the Huckleberry. He does. He likes. Guy. Uh, uh, Who is that? Gene. No, Moon River. Got Moon River. Andy yeah. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Andy Williams. Yeah, he's a huge Andy Williams <laughs> yeah. fan. That's yeah. right. Well, I yeah. mean, if she really wanted to sing it. Couldn't she have just like shoehorned it into whatever the next theme is and just gone with <laughs> no. it? They're never gonna do Bagel Week, David. You have to do it now. Gentle Week. No, Gentle she just, she just like they're gonna do a Streisand Week. Or that something. would be yeah, great. Frankly, she can do. I mean, she makes every week Streisand Week, so mm-hmm. it would have been easy to to wedge this <laughs> in. But uh, this then, so she's singing to Finn at night on the shores of a lake in a park and then they do that thing where it shifts and now she's singing in Kurt's dad's hospital room. Yeah, yeah. What, what are all these kids doing at Kurt's dad's hospital room? This and is a bunch of, <laughs> And so there's a bunch of people there and at first you're like okay, this is non-diegetic. Rachel <laughs> is like hovering over the scene and singing this song, but then she like stops singing and it's clear that she's actually in the room with the other kids yeah. who are all there. Yeah, and she's ha- singing Papa at a dying dad that's not even her dead dying dad. <laughs> like, that's strange. And she has two other dads that she could be singing into. <laughs> she's got but two David, dads what's, at home. What's the point of singing to her other two dads? Papa, can you hear me? Yes, Rachel, we can hear you. <laughs> other, other Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> she already knows the answer to that question. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> Kurt comes storming in and he's mad at this cross faith prayer singing that's going on around his dad. I'd just be confused how they got in to see his dad and you're like, what? what? Yeah, I didn't know you guys cared that much. I don't know. A lot of legitimate <laughs> Why are they allowed? Yeah. <laughs> Kurt's or, uh, Finn's mom is in the room. Yeah, all right. So assuming that <laughs> Kurt's dad's girlfriend has some sort of authority over who does or doesn't visit him. Maybe she let them in. Now, to be fair, sometimes I sure. I feel like some TV shows make hospital visits more authoritarian than it is. Because you can just kind of show up to a hospital and walk to oh, a yeah. hands if you, you want. Oh, you just go sing Papa to people? Yeah, if you want it. Until someone, like, kicks you out, you know? <laughs> No, I mean, it's like when you go visit someone in hot, it's not like you, like, check in somewhere yeah. and say, I'm here to visit so-and-so. And It depends on the ward, because, like, definitely with maternity, you can keep motherfuckers out, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, if somebody exactly. complains about it, you can... I don't think there are just publicly accessible hospital <laughs> wards for the most part. I think there has to be some... I mean, let's see. Uh, let's see how many let's people go. we We're going to the hospital. Papa to. Let's go. Let's go. Break. I mean, when when Chrissy and I were in the hospital when Liam was born, yeah. at one point, one of my aunts like just knocked on our hospital door and was like, oh, hi, it's Linda. I came to see you guys. You came like, to see your wife's vagina crowned. We didn't, yeah, like, we, we didn't, <laughs> we Linda, didn't know, we like, we didn't know she was coming or was there yeah, or anything like that. And well, I mean, that's just, when like. Uh, Lauren was in the hospital for like nothing too severe or anything. It was like yeah. I just showed up and her family was already there. And I think I may have asked what room she was in, and someone's like, "This is the room." And I'm like, "All right, I'm going." You know, no one's like, "Right, you could, me. right, you could have been like a creepy stalker." <laughs> yeah, or something. exactly. Jeez. Yeah. Um. 
So yeah, one of the things I did like about this is most TV show hospital rooms are enormous. Yeah. Um, this one actually felt fairly cramped when they wedged in all of those people. Uh, so yeah, Kurt's mad that they are doing a whole uh, cross faith prayer thing. He has brought in a acupuncturist in the hopes that that might uh, help do some you know wake his dad up, I guess. And he gets in some uh, some catty stuff about like. Let's do medicine and not just sing prayers at him. And yeah, but he brought in an acupuncturist. <laughs> <laughs> I like that attitude. Like, let's do real medicine with acupuncture. I did. I, I, I did do like acupuncture in real life. Well, no, I mean, you, 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 it's yeah. fucking nice, guys. Try it. As I, do I. But yeah. I will admit that I struggle in writing my notes where I'm like, so Kurt brings in an acupuncturist, <laughs> citing some actual medicine as being more likely to help, and I really struggle with like. Medical science, medical treatment, medical stabbing. treatment, <laughs> doing something to the body. Like, I wasn't yeah. quite sure how to refer to that. You're supposed to talk about chi when you talk about acupuncture, which you can't yeah. even put on your chart usually. They yeah. Cool. I'm saying, like, when you say actual medicine, you think there's some sort of scientific process, and acupuncture has not gone through it. It doesn't necessarily mean sure. it helps or doesn't help. I mean, it's just... Right, sure. right. It, I, I, I guess what I'd say more borders on faith than he'd probably be comfortable with if he actually thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to the football field and the Finn is in the huddle and he calls an audible on quarterback Sam's play. And this results in Sam taking a hit and dislocating his shoulder, which makes Finn the quarterback and grilled Jesus three, four, three. Uh, this is where I forgot how minor Sam was as a character once upon a time. But his name is Cord Overstreet. <laughs> yeah, that, as an actor. Yeah, that's his <laughs> actor. How, that's how his actor. Like that's his real name. What? Like that's his that's his Christian name. Right. Like that his character name on the singing show is Sam, and he's played by a guy named Cord Overstreet. Cord. <laughs> that's a great name. Wow, I know the name. <laughs> my future progeny it's like he was born and they were like he is going to star in a musical tv show someday we shall name him cord it's like they were gonna cut the cord but then they're like oh that's that's good write it down write it down cord that's great snip snip do you think that kaiser so say to him when they're like what's the kid's name he's like uh 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 cord (laughs) yeah cord mcglee wannabe on Uh, yeah, so Sam becomes, this is early in the season, but he becomes, he joins the Glee Club and gets in a relationship with Mercedes and is like a main character and all kinds of stuff. And he's like, there's some weird thing where he's homeless and he lives with, like, he probably lives with Mr. Shoe now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> I forget exactly how it all went down. Finger gunning all over each other's head. <laughs> yeah, or he moves in with Finn. Basically, it's one of your standard, like, in any teen soap opera at some point in time one of the characters will not be able to live with their parents and will have to live with one of the main characters in a questionable would that really be legally allowed kind of scenario and sam was this show's contribution to that trope once upon a time uh so then mr shu is uh rubbing finn's face in the guilt <laughs> feels about having prayed for the crippling of Sam by being like, well, I know everyone's sad about Kurt's dad, but yeah, Finn's quarterback again. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Finn. And Finn's like, oh, God. Um, and so then Kurt announces that he's going to sing his feelings 
Uh, just he gets I guess for his for his, for his <laughs> yes yeah shoe marks that down on his little report card like <laughs> for feelings. Um, and he tells a story about his, at his mom's funeral he was like looking for something from his dad to sort of like right his world and let him know that everything was gonna be okay and his dad took his hand and that made him feel bad like just reassured that he wasn't alone and that then leads into a bittersweet rendition of the Beatles I want to hold your hand question yes did that exposition did the story of the funeral make it feel normal for you that he's singing what is traditionally a romantic song about touching <laughs> his dad to the table everybody uh, no that no. that did no. not <laughs> didn't work didn't bother you? No, it did bother me. <laughs> I thought it was very strange. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the whole... It did not contextualize it enough. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole theme... Like, the theme was Spirituality Week, which to me was like, okay, this show is going to have spiritual songs, and then you just have like a pop song about it's holding the, the hand. Pop, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most poppy Beatles. Yeah. Which is like the most pop, pop, pop. But, I mean, I guess, like, God, most people think of as a father figure. It can also be a mother figure. But so mm. if God is, like, your dad, right? So it kind of works. But then it's, like, the lyrics are still, like, I get that feeling. Like, I want to touch you. Yeah. I want to hold your hand. I want to be your I don't know. I don't know. Do you even hold your dad's hand? Honest question. Uh, every right day. Now. Every day? <laughs> day. I mean, like, what? 6 p.m. No. Let's go. No. Bro. Like, when I was a little kid. Yeah. Like crossing the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little kids hold anybody's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you take children. Just reach out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're trending into Mark Salad territory. <laughs> um I I am a sucker for bittersweet covers of Beatles songs. <laughs> That's pretty narrow. I like the actual cover of the song. The yeah, it's just the narrative and context. The singer's very yeah. good. The actor's very mm-hmm. good. Kyle, your young son in this is very good. Right. Yeah. In the uh, in across the universe, the Julie Taymor Beatles, uh, I don't know, movie catalog thing. <laughs> it is a movie. I mean, it's a movie, yeah. but it's like. <laughs> she basically tries to craft a narrative out of a bunch of different Beatles songs. Um, they do I Want to Hold Your Hand there and basically turn it into a song about lesbian yearning, uh, which is, and it's 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 slow tempo like this. It's kind of bittersweet. It's really good. Melissa um, Etheridge did that with Only the Good Die Young, made it all lesbian yearning. It was very good. I do like when okay. songs become about lesbian yearning. Though. It's nice. <laughs> Nice. You would like Steven Universe, David. Across across the universe has some issues, but it does have some good stuff in it too. Um, So yeah, I did. I thought Kurt did, or Chris Colfer, I should say, did a. Again, I don't can't criticize music well. I just listen to this. I'm like, that was good. That sounded (laughs) that sounded good. I was moved. It was performed well. Our music episode is gonna be great. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, sounded good. This did not. So then uh, we get another scene where Mercedes tries to push her beliefs on Kurt some more. um, And he at least decides to take her pushing as a lesson to not push away your friends. Uh, So then she asks him to come to her church because they're dedicating the next service to his dad. And he agrees when he finds out he gets to wear a fabulous hat. (laughs) He looks great in that hat. I just, the thing about the hats is, is like, you're blocking the view of the people behind you, you know? 
Like, like, don't you have any consideration for them? I don't know. I'm David. God is omnipresent. <laughs> all around us. We do not need to view straight ahead to see God. But, but, but you nice can't see the pastor, that. though. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to look at him. He's just an interpretation of God. <laughs> you're supposed to be looking at Jesus, David. <laughs> who lives in hats. <laughs> at who, lives, Jesus. who lives in the hat of whomever is standing in front of you. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Finn is confessing to Emma about his uh, using the magical powers of the Lord for his own gain. Uh, he loses Can you her. Imagine bit. going to your guidance counselor and like talking about your Jesus and a cheese grilled cheese. I can't even imagine going to the guidance counselor. I know. Yeah, I don't know I, that I ever met my guidance counselor. I think I just once, but that's Yeah, I think I had like one school mandated visit with my guidance yeah. counselor in like junior year where they're like, going to school? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Still doing this? Yep. <laughs> cool. Not um, my man. Uh, Emma points out some of the uh, secular reasons that could have led to Finn's wishes coming true. Um, You know, he was emotionally responsive to Rachel, so she let him touch her boob. Uh, Sam just got hit by a giant linebacker. Um, She says that God works in mysterious ways, but that he probably doesn't do it through sandwiches. Which is... uh, I feel like this is out of bounds for the guidance counselor. Let the man <laughs> worship his grilled cheese if that's what he's about. You yeah. know, that's not your place to kill his god. Well, I like the I like the sentiment that uh, that God probably doesn't work through sandwiches, and God probably doesn't give a crap about who's the quarterback of some mm-hmm. random Ohioan football team. Uh, that's generally a sentiment that I share. But at the same time. Who is she to say she knows how God works? Yeah, Maybe well, he loves high school football. If God's all knowledgeable and all powerful, he has the capacity to care about football and the big things. He's in charge of everything, so he's right. going to decide who wins what game. Unless the devil's in charge of football. Oh, maybe. He is. But God is in sandwiches. <laughs> so God's sure. in charge of sandwiches, devil's the football. Amen. Bonjour now. <laughs> what word does basketball fit into that? Oh, that's devil. All sports. What about Sorry. what about a hot dog eating contest then? That's God. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a sport in the food. <laughs> it goes back to the Holy Ghost dick, David. So competitive eating is the Lord. <laughs> competitive balling. Ball ball based <laughs> sports devil, are devil, the devil. devil. Balls are the devil, but dicks are God, David. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so Finn is disappointed by his shattered faith and he responds yeah. by singing Brenda and Dylan's breakup song Losing My Religion did they do that in 90210 um, yeah that was a song that was playing when Brenda and Dylan broke up for the first time after their pregnancy scare they did the uh, Leslie and what's his face in Parks and Rec did a couple skate to this song <laughs> oh yeah that's it's right it's funny because of how awkward it was yeah. I, mean, I was really excited for them to sing this song actually it's a banger yeah I'm right. I'm not a music critic but I did not like... So most of the songs I didn't have much of an opinion of. I did not like the rendition of this song. Sure. Cause it's it was, not as good. Well, it's yeah. just basically a straight cover. And like doing like an R.E.M. song just in the style of R.E.M. Just ends up sounding like bad karaoke. Whereas <laughs> if you're going to do it, you shouldn't try to sound like Michael Stipe at that point. You should just do your own thing. Or else... Yeah. You're, I'm, yeah. I'm always, I'm always disappointed it? by I don't the... Know. 
like boy band. Like, yeah, 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 singing, yeah. Be in sync except singing. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> yeah, it's always a little disappointing when Glee doesn't put some kind of a spin on the song, particularly when it's like a pop song, like a relatively yeah. current pop song. Like, when it's just and like, he just has a very distinctive our... voice. Michael Stipe right. does, and so right. then when you try to sound like him, you just sound like you're trying to imitate him instead of singing in your own voice. You know? yeah. yeah, I wrote down that uh, Finn's rendition of the song is intense and a little stalkerish. <laughs> like, there's a scene where like he's singing and watching like Kurt morosely page through a book, and he just has this look in his eyes, like I'm gonna kill him and wear his skin as a suit. <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah, one of those you don't know what's real not again, too. Yeah, yeah. Where he's walking through the halls mm-hmm. and you're like, are people seeing him sing? Or <laughs> are we supposed to assume he's like the ghost of Christmas present? Yeah. Um. So the other Glee kids, it, it ends, it starts with Finn leaving the guidance counselor and then it ends with him in the, uh, in the Glee classroom and all of the churchy types are pissed off that they can't sing about faith, but they can sing about losing their faith. <laughs> It Which doesn't. I, we don't know what the rules of what they can sing and can't sing. Touche, are. I guess. I don't know. Uh, so then we are at Mercedes Church, and Kurt is a little bit of a pill to Mercedes at first, where he's basically like, "Well, I don't buy into any of this God nonsense." Uh, which, which fine, but maybe like know your audience and yeah. Kurt, like, but keep... he has a right to his clapback because actually people be on guard for people inviting you into church because that's how they get you. Right, but don't go then. Yeah, yeah. don't go. <laughs> like, but I'm saying like once he's accepted the invitation, keep your snide comments about how this is all a lot of gibberish to yourself. <laughs> I guess. Like, or just or don't go. Like, that's, yeah. like this is all I'm saying. Have a backup plan to leave because you don't. I mean, there are some churches that are really just fine and nice and spiritual feeling, and there are some I, these days. Well, they'll lock you in a basement and extort money out of you, and then you know probably uh, do what the bad actor in this show did to you. So just watch yourself <laughs> in the church. Is all I'm saying. So Mercedes asks the congregation <laughs> to pray for Kurt and his dad. Um, along the way, she outs him as a heathen atheist, which I'm sure he appreciates. Yeah, yeah, just be like, um, you don't believe in God, and you felt like the whole church is going to like, <laughs> like the, there's no record playing, but somehow it would skip at that moment, you know? <laughs> um, so then she proceeds to lead the church in a gospely version of Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, it's a solid song. It is a solid song. Um, and for the most part, at least as we as we see their reactions, the church and this community is accepting of Kurt. Um, yeah. There were we, so many reactions of just Kurt being like, mm, okay, yeah. Uh, and then like yeah, the old so the, ladies being like, naughty, and, yes. And there's yes. no way they didn't know he was gay, right? Like, Not in that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wearing an auntie's crown. It is, it is not clear if they know he's gay or not. Maybe like, they it, don't. They just don't know what gay is. Well, this is. But this is what I'm saying. It's entirely possible that some of those old biddies just don't know what gay is. They had like, to. You see that hat, you know what's going on. But you could just see that hat and be like, oh, kids these days. <laughs> Liberace was the confirmed bachelor. And- uh, right? Exactly. They <laughs> saw that hat and were just like, oh, I, I bet he he's probably just really good friends with that one guy. <laughs> um, and so we get the impression, as you said, Carol, that Kurt is at, at least somewhat moved by the sense of community sure, that yeah. uh, that is being expressed here. And that's one of those, like, 
this is this is one of those scenes where I feel like the show is is doing some work just kind of through the visuals and through the music and it's not really spelling things out but it's sort of underlining that point that there's a lot of bad things about church but there can be good things about them that sense of community of coming together and sharing a burden and things like that um, is is kind of what this scene is trying to do and I don't know if the show gets props deserves props for not hitting us over the head with it or deserves to be dinged for not hitting us over the head and maybe not having some people fully understand that that's kind of what they're trying to go for. Uh, Then we get a scene with Sue playing checkers with her sister and Sue admits that she doesn't believe in God because of how cruel the world was to her sister. And her sister says that God never makes mistakes and asks if she can pray for Sue. And Sue's like, that would be nice. And I, Okay, that yeah. was a scene that happened. I'm I just not... hate the phrase "God never makes mistakes" as a way to comfort people because yeah, it's you rarely don't a know comfort. that. Yeah, know. So all of this was intentional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of this. Um, have you guys ever been prayed for? I have a recent one where so I live. My, there's like a big church in our backyard, and so we're walking the dogs. And some of our listeners know that I recently had like a minor corrective surgery, so I'm mm. on crutches for a little bit. And they tried to fix her brain, but it didn't take. Yeah, no, they didn't. So then they <laughs> fucked up my foot. It was cool. <laughs> so we were walking the dogs. It was like the first day after the, a week when I've been pretty much housebound. So it was nice. But I'd had a willy scoot for one of my feet, staying off of it. And we walked by all these youths. And there's like two teenage boys that are like high on God after a <laughs> session. They run up to me with stars in their eyes. And they were like, we just faith healed. Oh, my grandma, she doesn't have diabetes anymore. Can we pray for your foot? What's with your foot? And I'm like, sure, fucking, you can do it. And so they did. And I definitely felt the Jesus. Like, it was cool and tingly. It was great. But then they're like, are you healed? And I'm like, no. No, I still have to stay off my foot for, like, <laughs> one more month, dude. <laughs> but it was really nice of them to, like, give me the cooling Jesus. Like, I felt it. But it's just a part of healing, you know? Have you guys been prayed for recently? Anybody? No. No? Uh, Well, not not to heal me physically, but my parents (laughs) pray for me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Is it working? (laughs) I don't know. I'm still living in sin, so that's... (laughs) Like, dear Lord, David, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think they just pray that I'll be happy and they hope I go to heaven, I think. Are you happy, David? Yeah, usually. Are you going to go to heaven? Uh, It depends on what religion ends up being true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, So then we are in the hospital room with Kurt and his dad, and he tells them about a memory that he recalled during the church service uh, about uh, they cooked a chicken and it was hilarious and it was after the mom died and it was the first time that they were like felt normal again. And, dead mom um, chicken. Yeah. Dead mom, dead mom chicken. Um, <laughs> he apologizes for chasing out the circle of prayer singers saying that they were only trying to help. He tells his dad that he doesn't believe in God, but he believes in his dad and he believes in both of them. And that's what's sacred to him. Um, it's all fairly moving, but of course this is the moment when his dad wakes up, um, which again, Mm -hmm. kind of David is a corollary to your, if you're on TV, 
mm-hmm. don't blow off a family tradition yeah. because it's going to end up. If you are on TV and you have had such an accident, make a moving declaration of yeah. love for the person, and then that's when they will decide to wake it up. It usually helps to have a bit of an epiphany around that yeah, time, go, too, you know? go through some change, kind of, you know, try to figure out if roughly 40 or so minutes have passed in this latest adventure of your life and try to time your epiphany. <laughs> if someone for the was end watching of that. my life, would 40 minutes of their time have passed? Would 40 non commercial minutes yeah. of their life have, have passed at this point? Yeah, you're going to have to edit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. When I'm taking a dump, I'm sure the camera's not on me. So. <laughs> it depends on the film because I would put that in slow motion. <laughs> I'm an auteur. And it is, um, in in all seriousness, it's a nice moment that yeah. sort of ties back to the to the whole idea of spirituality. And oddly enough, kind of what Puck was saying before about how you can find spirituality all around you, and that you know what some of the churchy types were saying that it's not necessarily belief in any particular doctrine that's important. It's belief in just something bigger than yourself, even if all that is is the sort of familial bond between you and your parent that that's that's more than you and that's something that you can believe in and hold sacred and i guess his dad's not that good because he didn't die young <laughs> <laughs> unlike mark salik r.i.p <laughs> don't touch brandis in heaven you're not I, yeah i don't think mark salik's anywhere near that <laughs> um so then that leads us into one of Glee's patented closing numbers where everyone is in costume and on stage, but there's no audience and you're not sure <laughs> if they're like practicing for a competition or if they're just supposed to be like practicing the act of singing on stage while wearing themed clothing. Um, but that's what they're doing and they are performing What If God Was One of Us. Um, we get a rare solo for Tina as she starts the as she starts the song off. Um, she usually doesn't get to sing by herself very often. Um, as Glee closing numbers go, it's it's pretty decent. And then uh, the songs always gain a little something when they just get the whole cast together and let them play off of each other. And you get Mercedes doing her thing and Leah Michelle jumping in and taking over like she does. Uh, I was and then, trying to figure out how profound this song was because it always seemed like not as profound <laughs> as everyone felt like it was to me in the 90s as a kid. How profound well, did it feel? They are guys? definitely playing it as though it is deeply profound. <laughs> yeah. That, they in, the, in the context. That's what I struggled with is like, this is like <laughs> right. the closing statement on this episode. And I'm like, uh-huh. what statement are you really making here? I don't what know. if God was on a bus, David? Yeah. What if he was just eating chips on a bus like some motherfucker? <laughs> I'd probably hope he wouldn't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He'd be like, I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah, exactly. Leave me alone. <laughs> And be like I'm what your god can you do something about this trump thing no then no. then shut up yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> uh yes everybody is wearing uh variations on a white shirt over their over their jeans mm. that's their that's their themed clothing in case you haven't quite gotten the message that they're trying to uh, put across here and but across uh, like jesus uh, <laughs> and as as they are singing the song it is intercut with scenes of finn eating the uh sacrilegious half of the grilled jesus 
Yeah, well, what's that all about? What, what, he doesn't like his god anymore? Well, if ah. it's Velveeta, then it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Sue comes into the auditorium, and Will is like, the kids really wanted to sing this song, and I mean, what, why am I going to say no to them? This is am the I most profound like, song ever. <laughs> am I some sort of authoritarian here? <laughs> I just what the kids tell me to do. And are you going to write me up or get me fired? And Sue admits that she is not going to do any of those things. I love this magic generation of teenagers that wants to sing 90s songs that I know. <laughs> well, so see, nice of them. What Will should have said is he'd be like, oh, oh Sue, uh, spirituality week is over. Now it's bus week. And they wanted to sing <laughs> the song for bus week. It's wheels on the bus. Another this one is, this is, it's public bus. transportation week. <laughs> That's legit. Runaway <laughs> train's going to be next. <laughs> That's a train, but that's fine. <laughs> Public transportation week. Okay. <laughs> what if God was a slob on the bus? Runaway train. Yeah, it's good. They sing Runaway Train on Always Sunny, and it's really good. <laughs> I feel like Glee probably covered it at some point. I can't remember. Really? Maybe not. Although they do seem to have the music taste of the 30 year olds. So. Oh, well, yeah. They, they, they have the music taste of the, like, 30 40 somethings who are the music supervisors <laughs> on the show like that's who the that's what the kids taste in music is Perfect. um yeah yeah coincidentally yeah it's the target demographics taste in music so yeah that is uh that is the end of the show Yay. Mm-hmm. uh how anyone can tackle how how does it hold up how do we think it did its job in selling its um, message i thought it was pretty good it was a good watch um i don't have too many problems with it you know they got some really religious zingers in from both sides which was felt progressive especially also it wasn't just white people in this which felt progressive for the time that was... i think we backslid since then so i enjoyed it yeah glee was always was always pretty good about that like yeah. it was a a mix of different uh people's uh, races and sexualities and things like that and you guys said that season one was the best i was kind of feeling like this might be from the peak glee zone because it just went down pretty easy for me and tell you like think about like how some of the actors are dead child molesters. <laughs> <laughs> really this good. is yeah. this is not bad but um i guess one thing you could say about glee and maybe if i would have approached it differently i would have liked it better and kept with it is like Watching an individual episode can would normally be fine. It's when you try to like piece all the episodes together into some sort of okay. grand narrative that things fall apart. Like there's yeah. very little consistency from episode to episode. Or yeah, Glee is a show that tried to be both serialized and episodic, mm-hmm. more or less at the same time, and almost always because of whatever was easiest on the writers at any given moment. And that's the worst kind of combination to be like, I'm not saying episodic or serialized is better than the other, but you kind of need to stick with it. And if you want to try to do both, you need to have better reasons to switch between them. Besides it's too much work to keep this plot thread going, or it's too much work to keep this character consistent. We want to do this for this episode. So if it works with the ongoing plot, good. If not, we'll just pretend like that's not going on right now. Right, it's our it's our time to do that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I really like this joke, and that's not consistent with the way we wrote Sue most recently, but I'm not going to let go of this joke. It's great, so I'm going to slip it in there anyway. 
but yeah, this um, yeah, this is not terrible Glee. This is from its it's still it was still a phenomenon at this point. It was still uh, right. It was a big deal humming along. It still had it's a fun episode. Yeah, it is. It is. It still had Kyle hanging out in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the most important. Part. Quietly, <laughs> quietly gesticulating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. The one, I guess the one ding I sometimes struggle with is uh, I can never quite tell how effective Finn's sort of doofiness is at being the sort of comic relief, lightening the tension of Kurt's dad being in a coma. Like he's just, there's it, there's a certain level of like, is he really that dumb <laughs> to, that, that, uh, that, I, that breaks the, the effect for me a little bit? Sure. Um, and I think there's a few times where Kurt is maybe a little too snippy, but uh, Chris Colfer does a great job in this episode from from top to bottom. He really kind of knocks it out He's of the park. Great. Is he it's doing a lot? Is yeah. It, is he still? I mean, I don't think he won. Right, but it's yeah. If I don't know what if he was going to be submitting an episode for consideration, this would be one that he would that he would hand in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's doing much acting. I know he wrote some books, huh. like a couple of, of YA novels. Really? Um, yeah. Him. Are they yeah. dystopian? I don't believe so. No, well, then they're not. Uh, my joke. <laughs> then they're not real YA yeah, novels. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I can't make a joke, so thanks, Austin. Sorry, let's <laughs> try it try, try, try again. Yeah, they totally are I, dystopian. I had nothing queued up, except of course it is. <laughs> That's it? That's why we went back? Okay. No, I, I, I never advocated for going back. Uh, okay, my mistake. <laughs> yeah, he uh, does not have a whole lot. Looks like he was on a couple episodes of Hot in Cleveland. That um, doesn't sound real. Circa the end of Glee. Huh. Uh, in 2016, he had made an appearance in Absolutely Fabulous, the movie. Oh, good to know. Uh, that's about it, it looks like. So yeah, not sure what he's what he's up to, but uh, it's, it would be a shame if he was done acting because he's pretty good. Um, anybody else have any how this worked? Uh, closing thoughts, grilled cheese recipes. I could well. First of all, I have no discipline when I make food, so I throw so the cheese I put on my grilled cheese is whatever cheese I can find, and I'll put as much different kinds of cheese as possible, wow. and I will not care about it. But uh. The other thing well, I like... Midwestern. You I guys know. have, like, cheese in a faucet, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, pretty much. Like, just put as much cheese. Uh, but I do like, like to put, like, tomato and avocado on there, too. Oh, well, is... that's why you can't afford a house, David. <laughs> My avocado <laughs> love, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking millennial. Uh, secondly, <laughs> it feels like the main message of this episode was you don't have to believe in a certain religion, but you have to believe in something, which I'm not sure... I completely agree with. But then secondly, there's a secondary message that you have to believe in something, but believing that God is speaking to you through a grilled cheese is a bridge too far. And that's like, <laughs> I'm like, well, is it? I don't know. If he wants to, like, have his faith in grilled cheese, let him have his faith in grilled have cheese. Have his like, faith and that, eat it too. Yeah. Is it, why is that so much yeah. more ridiculous than anything else? You know, I don't know. You eat God in a cracker or Jesus. Catholics yeah. do. 
We drink yeah, blood. We, do. we drink Jesus's menstrual blood. Well, I mean, I guess if it was presented that him eating the grilled cheese was like a religious experience for him to gain the powers of God to then crush his enemies, I'd get it. But <laughs> that's why Catholics do it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it when I was a kid. Uh so David. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, someday you might find me on therealgentlemanofleasure.com. And you can also find me talking about grilled cheese too much uh, at Dr. Bits on Twitter. That's Dr. Spelled Out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter praying to grilled cheeses that David will find his way back to the Real Gentleman of Leisure someday. <laughs> uh, and you can read my writing at the Real Gentleman of leisure.com uh kyle where might we find you hanging about if we like the cut of your um, jib <laughs> hopefully you do uh you can follow me on twitter at kyle underscore mccormick it's k-y-l-e underscore m-c-c-o-r-m-i-c-k uh instagram kyle c mccormick uh just i'll be around you can also find him at a pool in la without his shirt on and some yeah, and some cool like some cool Ray Bans and like a <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just guessing about the shirt oh, oh there, there they are those are Ray-Bans. cool Ray Bans yeah. <laughs> yeah the podcast will Very pick cool. that up no problem yeah just picture it yeah. they're cool yeah uh and Carolyn where oh. can we find you tr- virtually rolling in your scooter on the internet <laughs> you can find me dying young and being good at <laughs> ghosts. 69ing all year for BJ69 uh, at Carolyn Main at Twitter. C A R O L Y N M A I N like the street, CarolynMain.com. I also have a spin off podcast you can listen to where we pitch movies. It's really fun. It's uh, Pitch Please, and you can listen to it on the River City Podcast Federation, and it's on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can buy the card game yourself, which is an illustrated deck of 53 movie cliches at www.pitchplease.fun. So check that out. Great game. Thank you. It was really fun. Dot fun. Uh, As for this show, which is a very special episode, you can check out our website, a very special episode, podcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at avsepod. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash AVSE. Email us via avsepodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, download and listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. We are also a part of the River City Podcast Federation, and you can check us out there as well as other great shows that are not unlike us. Yeah, Kyle, uh, you have a couple of those shows. You want to say what they are? uh, Yeah, I I co-host two shows on the network. Uh, One is Reboot, Reuse, Recycle, in which Chris Hadami and I uh, talk about movie remakes. And the other is a live show called Spec Script that I also co-host with Chris Hadami, in which a comedian or writer or otherwise funny person chooses a famous TV show that they've never seen. They write an episode of whatever they think it's like, and we perform it live. It's so fun, you guys. Yeah. Carolyn's on it a bunch. I love it. Check it out. Because you don't have to remember your lines or do blocking. You just read off paper. It's just the read sweetest it. gig in the biz. <laughs> uh, thanks again, Kyle, for coming back on the show. Yeah. Always Thank a pleasure to have you. 
Thank you very much. For a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, and I am off to look for the divine in my snacks and then sing about it. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. This thing right here is letting all the ladies know what guys talk about. You know, the finer things in life. <laughs> Check it out. Ooh, that dress so scandalous. Any no one ever guy couldn't handle it. She's shaking that thing like who's the ish with the look in your eyes so devilish. Uh, she likes to dance at the hip hop spots and she cruises with the cruise like connect the dots. Not just urban, she likes to pop cause she was living la vida loca. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like what, what, what? Baby, move your butt, butt, butt. Uh, I think I'm singing again. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like what, what, what? All night long. Let me see that song.